Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome once again to the WP Builds Podcast. You have reached episode number 343, entitled is browser interoperability a threat to page building? It's a catchy title. It was published on Thursday, the 28th of September, 2023. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and I'll be joined in a few minutes by my good friend David Wormsley to have that chat. But first of all, a few bits of housekeeping. The first piece up is to say a big thank you to anybody who in any way connected with the Page Builder Summit that happened last week. It was, from my perspective at least anyway, a great success. So thank you to all the sponsors, all the speakers, all the attendees, and of course to Anshan LaRue and Sunita for helping me put that event on. It was a real success. Hopefully, Page Builder Summit version 7 will be around the corner in 2024. The other thing to mention that, that you know, no sooner have we finished one thing than we're on to another. Black Friday is coming. It's a little bit of time away. And that's why I'm mentioning at the moment that if you have a deal or a product or some service that you want to have on the WP Builds Black Friday page, well, I'm at this point taking submissions. So if you want to, for free, list your product or service, head to wpbuilds.com forward slash black. That's wpbuilds com forward slash black and you'll see an add your deal button click that and it will take you to our form where you can submit your deal and hopefully at that very busy time of year get your product or service in front of a well to say it modestly a very very well attended page the other thing to mention is if you in the future have anything to say about wp bills Please share it on social media wherever you like. We don't mind which platform you use. But if you're going to write a comment, we'd love it if you use the commenting system built into WordPress. So let's say, for example, you've got something to say about this post. Why don't you head over to wpbuilds.com, search for episode 343 and leave us a comment there. We would really, really appreciate it. The WP Builds podcast is brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL, and 24-7 support. Bundle that with the hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients, and get 30% off new purchases. You can find out more at go.me forward slash WP builds. Once more, go.me forward slash WP builds and true sincere thanks to GoDaddy Pro for helping us keep the WP Builds podcast going. Okay, what have we got for you this week? Well, at the top of the show, I said it was called Is Browser Interoperability a Threat to Page Building? <laughs> it is indeed a catchy title. David and I chat about this. We talk about the days when it was really difficult to get anything done because no browsers did anything in any way the same. We talk about the leap in recent years where browsers have got a lot of compatibility. They seem to talk to each other more. And we get into the thick of what is coming down the pike with browsers, all of the new support for the very, very exciting CSS spec. So, yeah, loads to say, and I hope that you enjoy it. 
Hello, this is the 16th episode of our Thinking the Unthinkable series, and I think we've come up with our catchiest title so far, which is, is browser interoperability a threat to page building? This and is so widely available. I mean, almost anybody can find this episode accessible. My grandmother, as an example, she would love this. So, you know... <laughs> <laughs> I've never even heard the word interoperability till quite recently. But in this case, it means that the browser manufacturers are operating in conjunction with each other to coordinate the features they release. And it's monumental, this. Oh, boy. I mean, if if you're fairly new to the world and you've been using the internet or web development technologies for only the last few years, you are so lucky. <laughs> Yeah, we went through a period at the beginning where, oh boy, I mean, going back, there was Netscape Navigator, there was yeah. Internet Explorer, you know, I was using Internet Explorer right back to, I think, version three and two and things like that. Internet Explorer five and six were particularly troublesome. And essentially, the way that they just didn't work with one another, each of the browser manufacturers were creating the browser utterly independently with a team that never talked to another team. So Internet yeah. Explorer would never talk to, oh, I don't know, let's say Firefox when it came along. And mm -hmm. so what what came out of your HTML, the way it was presented, looked really different. So there were all these things that you had to go to to make it, to make it look at least vaguely similar. And we had things yeah. in the contract, like, you know, if you want it to work on IE6... You're going to need to pay extra money. That kind of thing. Do you remember all that? Yeah, I mean, it's well, and the the problem is still there to a yeah. certain extent. I mean, I think what's I, I mean since 2019, apparently Google, Firefox, and Safari have come together to solve this developer frustration of not knowing what they can implement when and if ever. And you know, someone who. I think she works for Google, Rachel Andrew. I always want to call her Julie Andrew, so I don't do every time. But, <laughs> um, yeah, she's a, a, a wonderful – She's. A, I think she's from Yorkshire, actually. Have you oh, ever all heard the best speech? people she's are, got, David. I yeah. know, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, she um, – she, I've seen her talk a few times about the fact that there is this issue. There's a big buzz over a new CSS feature that might get introduced by Google that's going into Chrome and that get loads of social media attention and then nothing. And it will take years for that to be implemented, if ever, leaving everybody, all the buzz around a new feature. It's kind of lost and people don't implement it or know when to implement it. So, uh, you know, finally, they've all got together and thought we need to end this madness and kind of, Put our heads together and work with uh, the W3C and 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 share what's going to go through to CSS working groups and things like that. So yeah, and, and it's been working now. So the first one, you know, the first year was 2020. I think they agreed on some things to implement, and it's meant now that a lot of new features are coming to CSS, and we know when they're going to arrive, and there's measurements to how the browsers have implemented them. So yeah. We're moving forward, really. It, it really know. is amazing, actually. You know, I guess if my children were to look at the internet, they would assume that, well, they would assume more or less correctly that if they had an Android device or a desktop yeah. device or a whatever device, an iPhone or whatever, that broadly speaking, the link that they're sharing with all of their friends is going to look identical. But that really genuinely wasn't the case. You know, IE6, for example, I think it was IE6, didn't support transparency 
in images. And this, you, know, you have to come up with all these JavaScript kludges to make things like that work. Now, more or less everything that you're going to need, I would say 95 plus percent of anything that you're likely to deploy on a website will be supported without you needing to look it up. It's only these new edge case things, which we'll probably get into a little bit later, that you need to be concerned about whether or not that's supported across the broad, uh, across the board. But broadly speaking, it's plain sailing these days. Oh, how lucky <laughs> we are. It, it is better. I've been in those, if you had those sort of situations, um, because people don't know that their experience is different on different browsers, do they? they so, um, you know, and clients, I've had this before where the managing director, just as we've released something, says it's not working on their browser in the way that they expected. And, and you know, I've had to waste a whole day um, that's not being paid for to try and correct something because this person is using this old browser and that's yep. not updated. Yep. And they're, but they're the head of the organization. It's uh, So, yeah, so hopefully, I mean... It, I mean, a lot of the new stuff that's coming. I mean, this is. I mean, there's a lot of things that have been going on with this. Not only do we have this working together, uh, and I don't understand it, but certainly there's been advances in what um, the browser can actually do now. So there's an awful lot of stuff that can go on the list that browsers have now able to do, which couldn't do before in terms of manipulating the DOM and how it does that. Yeah, you know what the the whole capabilities of browsers are so amazing now mm. even just things like well I, an example that i gave to you prior to starting the recording was that it's really obvious to me now that a lot of what we would call SaaS software that used to you know they used to have a mac version and a windows version and then they would have the yeah. sort of online version it's now pretty obvious to me that a lot of them have just ditched their um, the endeavors on the Mac and Windows, and and they're just shipping a PWA like a a, a web app, which is basically a wrapper for the, yeah. the 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 browser version, and everything works. You know, there's almost nothing that you. That's not true, obviously. You know, like core animations in Mac OS are still in, incredible compared to what you can do in a browser. But the day isn't that far away, I'm sure, where you'll you'll really only need to build it once and. And I guess, you know, hat tip to the likes of Firefox and Google and Safari for, for talking to each other. But my son recently got his hands on a Chromebook and it's a browser. It's a browser with a keyboard, basically. And that's all it is. You switch it on and there's a few bits like, you know, you've got Wi-Fi settings and things like that. But broadly speaking, it's a browser. And I was amazed by the quantity of stuff that I could simply do in the browser that I thought, well, that would be out of bounds, and it really isn't. The, I think the only holdouts for me um, for the Mac, using a Mac as opposed to just dropping everything and using a Chromebook, are things like video and audio editing. Yeah. I, I still don't feel that that's been caught up with, but I can't see that that, it, that won't happen. You know, there's there's some fairly good video editing apps. They're not as good, but I imagine the day will come when all of that will be possible. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... Should we talk about, I, I don't know, what, what's coming with CSS? Because this is what's, I mean, it's really my obsession at the moment, I feel. It really I is, just, isn't it? Yeah, it's amazing <laughs> the, the way that you've rejuvenated your interest in it. Yeah, let's do that. Go on. 
I mean, yeah, well, uh, there's so much stuff. I mean, a couple of people who I now follow, and they both actually work, again, for Google, Adam Argyle and a a woman called Una Kravitz are two people, and they've... They both, and I agree with them, it does feel like this. For Adam Argyle, he says he sees where CSS presently is, is is in a similar position to the boost that JavaScript got when it moved to the ES6 and, and what you can now do, all the stuff that people have got excited about with React and things like that, the stuff that you can now do without needing um, PHP or something in the browser. But Una Kravitz also called it the sort of golden age of CSS with all the stuff that's coming in there. So there's a real excitement about what that can do. But I mean, listing all the stuff, shall I just mention yeah, some let's of the stuff? Yeah, let's pick out a few of the, the interesting ones that make, honestly, I think a lot of people won't have listened or heard about this because it's not the hotness for most people at the moment. So yeah, go, go, go nuts. Yeah, I mean, some of this is old stuff that's in before all of this agreement. Grid, obviously, I think is I think that's still people are catching up on that because Grid is the replacement for Flex, really, for whole page designs and whole sites you can design with it. And Subgrid is coming to that soon, and that means that within these grid layouts that you can set out for all your pages, um, you can then align the subgrids with the parent as well, and that's yet to come. So I think that's going to be a massive shift. For me, and we'll talk, maybe talk a bit more about this, is because Flexbox has been with us for over 10 years now, has been the way that most people lay out the pages and most the way that page builders work, and that's why whether this can be a threat because I think because they are all flex based, I think grid is there isn't really anything that grid can't do that flex does already and yeah. it can do more in yeah. in two dimensions. Um yeah, so but the the new the really new stuff that's coming, obviously there's uh, CSS variables make a, a big difference. So you can be setting globally your kind of styles and that and referencing them in your document. Nesting is a new Ooh. thing which is coming, yeah. which is well the ability to as you would have been able to do with the preprocessors um, like SAS, where you can actually group your stuff. Instead of writing this really complex uh, code where you have to reference the title for a card and then the paragraph for a card, you can embed it within the same command. And I think that's really going to tidy up CSS yep. and the way that you write the stuff. So it's going to be less of that. I think a big one for me, well, it, within that one, um, there's also, I think, due to come, and, and I think this is maybe where SAS will disappear because nesting was a SAS thing, mix-ins, which is where you'll kind of be able to do sort of programmatical things with CSS. So I think that's, um, but that's in the future. Cascade layers, that's probably the most exciting thing, I think, for many. Yeah, this um, is great, isn't it? Explain this. Yeah. Though. Well, because CSS has always been, well, it's cascading style sheets, and that cascade has always meant that um, the, the thing that's lowest in the document overrides the stuff above it. So you always have this real difficulty, and different elements have different levels of priority within this. So you always got stuck with things not working as expected because you didn't know where they came in the cascade and specificity oh, always boy, was the yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you you know, trying to problem solve. Well what we can what's now coming is this cascade layer where you can effectively take out and this will be useful for 
probably for page builders as they presently are, yep. is the fact that you can kind of assign a layer and it has its own specificity, which is kept separate from the rest of your CSS. So it could, you know, it's probably not a threat to page builders as such, and probably it's something that can implement, make it a lot easier to solve problems. If you're plugging, adding onto an existing framework, you can probably separate out your CSS with it. But uh, yeah. But I think that's really exciting that because yeah. uh, it's, um, and I think maybe because from what I understand with the way that people are building websites more these days is not so much as I grew up where you had your one style sheet, this single place where you would adopt all the styles for every element that were on your site and everything. There's a much more component-based thing where if you've got certain card designs, you will keep that. Uh, CSS and HTML as a very sort of separate unit in itself that would be slotted in. So in some ways, similar to page builders anyway, in natural yeah, CSS. Yeah, where you've you got know. like a maybe a row or something and you give the outer wrapper a certain ID and then that becomes the sort yeah. of container. But it's still, all of that CSS had to go in 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 the whole, C usually style.css or something like that. And it was it's so easy to get lost in all of that. Whereas if you can contain a piece of CSS yeah. which you know cannot interfere with anything outside of that container, it allows you to code more freely and you can dump that piece of CSS wherever you like and you can retrieve it and know that, okay, here it begins, here it ends. That's just to do with, oh, I don't know, a good example would be the card that you mentioned. If you've got the CSS for the that card and that's that's the container for it, that I, I've always wished it to work that way because, you know, after... After working on a project for a week, you do inevitably end up with like 1,200 lines of CSS and you can't remember where anything went. But that makes it so that you don't, don't even need to think about it. It's just you know that it's contained. You can't interfere with it. No matter what query, sorry, no matter what piece of CSS you write, you are not going to override it by something yeah. else elsewhere. Yeah, it's great. And, and then within that container queries, I think there's only Firefox yet to fully support that as as we're recording this. and um, And that really changes our whole... The nature of responsive because then we can decide to uh, set uh, our individual elements that we've in a container yep. to respond according to what is on the page rather than what is in the browser so view. this is such a revolution isn't it this is the yeah. this is the domain of javascript totally at the minute isn't it <laughs> yeah and i uh, you know and i think you know that's uh, i mean certainly uh, it's an interesting time because you know the page builder we both use beaver builder i mean it's only just adding in a, a media query a fourth one after eight years and you just think why because this is coming and we're going to have to rethink all of this again uh, because you know probably you you'll need to go to your media queries as a as a, a last thing really if you like it's a it's a sort of fix all things according to the whole of the whole document you know you change things according to that where we will be actually containing the element themselves and making them responsive. So I think that's very exciting. Um, yeah. For, for me, I think, you know, a few things that I think if you add in layers, grid, and the has selector, which is a sort of parent selector, meaning that you could say, if this element, this card doesn't have an image, then make the text this big or whatever, or make it this size or whatever, that kind of high level ability to change a layout goes in with that so i i can imagine re <laughs> i can imagine we need to reimagine how we might lay out our css 
and everything. So I, I, that's where I feel the threat to page builders is. But I think there's so much more exciting stuff coming along because of um, things that are even going into HTML. So, I mean, it's, it's now becoming a thing where we've, we've got the dialogue tag that allows you to yep. effectively have a pop-up and we've got pop-ups coming soon. I mean, Natively, yeah. Well, yep. Yeah, I mean, so a lot of these things that we've always looked for a JavaScript solution for um, now might be able to be done with just HTML and CSS. And um, along with that, you know, we've had a whole new bunch of stuff that we can do with our with our fonts, with our colors, there's a whole new color ranges coming in there. There's LCH, which is lightness, chroma, and hue, which is uh, what they call in HD colors and color mixes, where yep. we can mix two colors together to get the ones that we want, which would probably change the nature of how we might. It's interesting, actually. I was just looking at a, a theme that had come out recently. It was a um, Brian Gardner from Frost and, uh, Frost, and he yeah. was looking at this color scheme thing that you lay out where it's taken from Tailwind, where you have different, if you like, different gradients of one particular color that you can use. And I just thought, yeah, color mix is going to change all of that because you'll start to make your CSS because you can overlay it and change things with that. So so much is changing. Don't know where to... Yeah, I mean, and also in, in the show notes, I'll, I'll probably copy and paste what you've written in our little preamble show notes. There's, okay, there's yeah. so much more than that, isn't there, as well? Um, all sorts of things about images and drop-downs and the ability to, I don't know, things like... Well, the, put it this way, there's just absolutely loads of new stuff. And I'm, I'm kind of willing to bet that if you've been using a page builder for any length yeah. of time you've probably become pretty much disinterested in CSS because yes. you didn't need to know any of it. And and yet we're on the cusp of an era where you're going to be able to do so much more with CSS, like you, like yeah. you said, almost like akin to JavaScript, that that it, it's quite possible that CSS as a, as a career will become a, a totally legitimate career again. If you're a CSS expert, goodness knows how you'd truly manage that given the weight <laughs> yeah. of CSS there is to learn. But all of these new innovations means that you'll be able to achieve really cool and complicated looking things on a web page purely with CSS. And you, in the past, this would have either been just forget it or it was JavaScript. No longer. Your skills are going to come in in high demand. Yeah. You, you mentioned earlier that you're, um, you've got this impression, and I think, well, I don't think, I, I agree that at some point, grid, as opposed to flex, is going to become the dominant way of doing things, almost to the point where grid wins the war of how to lay things out on a web page. But why, why, why is that incompatible with page builders? What is it about grid that makes page builders look at it and go, hmm, no, we can't actually <laughs> do you, can we? Well, I think, yeah, it's... I mean, if a page builder was made with grid these days, and I saw it, I mean, when this goes out, this will probably be old news, but I just see that the implementation, I think, of Elementor's grid on that meant that you weren't dragging and dropping, which is Flex's design for, isn't it? Right, so right. within, it's, you know, it's one dimensional, so you can take a row at a time. And if you drag a new column into that row, then everything adjusts and squashes up to allow this new column to come in. And that's AKA Flex, works. yeah. Yeah, where grid is is just set, you know, so you have to know. So 
But they've already done that in a way. I, I noticed someone was complimenting how you added the new content to the grid layout. And I thought, well, that's how a new page builder would be reimagined if Flex never existed, you know? I mean, if you think about it, there is no real reason why Flex, there's nothing that grid can't do that Flex already does. It's just that this works in two dimension. The only scenario where is where you need flexibility when somebody else doesn't know what needs to be on the page. So the the obvious solution that people, when people say when to use Flex and when to use Grid, almost everybody states the menu bar when you want to add in through your system a new menu that's going into the navigation on the top there. You want everything to adjust so everything budges up to make room for the new thing. Right. But in reality, there's no reason why you need to have that at all, is there? I mean, you know, if you just you just add in another grid. But also, <laughs> yeah, know. I was going to say also a, a, a cleverly designed tool that detects that you're dragging something in and therefore says, okay, we had seven items, now we have eight. Can we yeah. can we make the grid eight now, please? So yeah, yeah, at the exactly. moment, when you drag in another row and it's sorry, another column, say, and it's a flex layout, it just you don't need to worry about that. If there was three and now there's four, it just makes everything, you know, 25% or it, it makes things a quarter. Whereas grid, it'll just be like, no, not having any of that. That fourth one, that's going on a new row because the row, the, the, it, there's three columns. The grid is three. But surely somebody with a bright spark somewhere will say, well, they're dragging in something else and they've tried to put it next to it. We can see that the drop zone of it is next to it, not under it. Okay, let's make yeah. the grid four now. And I would imagine some clever bright spark somewhere is working on your ultimate page builder, David, that includes <laughs> drag and drop grid. Maybe it's not possible. I don't know. Yeah. And grid, I mean, you know, I'm I'm stating grid as in it's kind of set, but actually it's probably yeah. it's most responsive because you can set it to you can set it to auto, so it will automatically respond and it will respond That's right. in, in two dimensions as well. So so yeah, so I do imagine that you know for the whole, I think page builders will need to be reimagined given that this is it's designed to be able to do a full site, you know, not row by row, which is where page builders of you know they they've been brought up in an era where you didn't have that opportunity to do that, and at the moment, all that's been added by request is to add grid within a working flex system. So right. I think, you know. So before we shift. get shouted down and say, but you can use grid. And so the yeah, distinction yeah, yeah. there is that you're using grid as a little bit of a of a, a wider row, which in itself is using something like flex. So it's kind of, it's grid within flex, which is probably also within, I don't know, bootstrap or something like that. Yes, exactly. Your grid's not, I mean, I don't know of any system in WordPress at the moment where your basic uh, parent grid is laying out your header, your footer, your sidebar, and your main content area within that basic grid format, you know? So effectively with grid, you could just, you know, at any point you could just swap it over. So the head's where the foot is and the foot is where the head is and the sidebar's the right. other side. Right. None of them are working like that. And then within that, you would have further grids. All of them are separated, aren't they, into some flexbox container of the header and the footer and the content in the middle is usually a flex and then grid has been added within that. So presumably that is almost like a, a brick wall in the middle of the road for the current slew of page builders. Their implementation, let's work in on the basis that grid 
in a few years is is the dominant way many people wish to do things because of the flexibility it brings. Honestly, it's ridiculous that I'm saying flexibility over <laughs> grit. It just somehow that doesn't work, but never mind. Um, but these tools, they can't really... They, they, it's a total rewrite, isn't it? You can't change Beaver Builder, say, or Elementor to adopt this 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 other system, Grid, in the yeah. in the way it's implemented at the moment, you really are creating a fork of the product, and everything prior to that fork will work in that way. And now we're going on to a new way of doing it. And this is this is the catchy title: uh, Is browser in, in, yeah, interoperability a threat to page building? It's around that, right? It's on the premise that Grid will win, and therefore the page builders that we've got at the moment simply can't do it. It'll have to be a new page builder if page builders, you know, continue. Yeah, I, I I think it's, you know, I, I pick out grid all the time because I find, you know, as I'm looking to people to teach me how to do CSS, I look to these people who know so much more than me and I follow them. But it is interesting because I've come in later in a almost skipping because I was busy with the page builders, the whole grid, the whole flex stuff. So I come in and I'm going, why are you not using grid? And that, more as I watch people do it somebody like Kevin Powell, I realized that he's saying, yeah, you might want to use grid for this now, where before he would, you know, he would still want to sort of stick to a sort of flex. And I, and I can see particularly, I was referencing a, a talk, which is at the time we were recording this, there's just been CSS day where there's this Alma Krevitz was doing a talk and she's very much talking about with all of the new stuff that we've got in that now the difficulty is there is so much new stuff but actually a lot of this new stuff will replace it or make simpler what right. we do it's just that we haven't worked out how to do it how we can connect these layers how we can use um, the container queries instead of uh, using media queries how we can even things I didn't even mention there where text wrap and balance and all of these kind of things and ch units are all about how we lay out our text and actually we can be setting those up to sort out our layouts um you know as well and and work for multi-language as well in you know where previously we were thinking one language we maybe put some padding to stop our text you know getting touching the next unit too closely by putting a bit of padding on the right hand side well we probably won't do that any longer because you know we've now got direction with our text now so we'll actually be using different ways of putting the padding so if someone's reading it in a different language where it's going from right to left right to left yeah uh, the padding will be on the other side and things like that so i think there's an awful lot of reimagining almost every element of css at the moment so i could imagine you know, it's not all there, but I can imagine that we, we, nearly all the page builders would need to rethink their future. Yeah, I think so. So not only have we come up with the the least clickbaity uh, title for an episode, <laughs> yeah. we've also we've also got the content which we're desperately trying to describe. <laughs> 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 all of this is visual. It's so difficult to describe what's going on. Just harking back to that point that I made a moment ago, where yeah. I sort of suggested that. There will be more of a career in CSS in a year's time than there, there ever has been. What do you make of that? Do you think that in the same way that there's like JavaScript engineers, and if you just know JavaScript, you can have a fully-fledged career, do you think that this added complexity, all these brand new things that are coming into CSS, do you think that, do you think that that makes a CSS person, a, a person that's going to be desirable, there is a career in that, in other words? 
Well, it, yes, I think so. Yeah. And and I think page builders will be different. I think we're just seeing the start. It's interesting, as CSS has now become the big thing now, and because of the amount of stuff that browsers can do and the working groups that are going on and the, the history we've had with the web, I think there is so much need now to see HTML and CSS doing most of what we want WordPress to do, most yeah. of what I've ever needed yep. to do for nearly all of my projects. And I think there was a there was a moment, and this is where I sort of disagree with the the future where WordPress went with the it jumped on the JavaScript wave. And that was when we had React where effectively you could manipulate the DOM by putting it in JavaScript and then your HTML and CSS sat within that. And I think there's a bit of a movement against that at the moment where JavaScript's going, yeah, for most of what people need, they're not building Facebook, they're not building uh, uh, an active membership site where things need to move around. We just need the HTML and CSS. The CSS is going to get better. So I think the JavaScript now is really a skill which started to become a front-end skill, didn't it? When you hired there's some articles, uh, Chris Coyer mentions one about the fact that there are two types of front-end developers. There's the one that might be a, a React person who's dealing with your HTML via React. And then there is the traditional sort of building it up through HTML and CSS. And I think, I think that that latter one is coming back. Big yeah. Time. Yeah. That's interesting because I think a lot of this is significantly more complicated and yeah. new that if you do immerse yourself in this, then I, I, I honestly think there's a career in it. And Chris Coy is a perfect example. He, he started writing about CSS at a time where more or less it was just kind of new prior to, prior to CSS, everything was done with tables and you, anybody yeah. could work out how a table worked. I mean, it was in infuriating to make it work but the principle of it was dead straightforward but then cascade, yeah. cascading style sheets came along and there's loads of little nuances and you know padding margin the, the whole cascade itself and floating and all of that was complicated you had to figure it all out and now that there's all this new stuff coming around which will really revolutionize what you can put on the page and the sort of interactivity of it you know if there's a thing over here then this thing over here might be slightly different i i think there's a job i, I really do and i think anybody coming into um coming into the web industry who really likes the way things look then now you don't need to worry too much about Java. Well, that's not true. I think you need to worry less about JavaScript. I think you could just be a, a CSS person, and that would be great. Yeah, and I think for what we do, I mean, uh, JavaScript sure is going to be needed when there needs to be some real clever interactive stuff with data being brought forward. But for most of us, we are essentially our sites are static. Yeah. Um, and the JavaScript we need is often for, again, something else, which is coming to CSS, scroll animation. You yeah. know, um, all of these things like pop-ups, drop-down, scroll animation, all of these things which we've relied on, um, most of us will use JavaScript for, are coming to the HTML because I think that's been a, a separated thing off. So I think the JavaScript developers of the future won't be, won't generally be the people working so much with the React and stuff and, and doing HTML via it to manipulate the DOM. I don't think there's a need for that. There's, there's a comeback on getting that back to HTML and CSS with CSS doing more of the basic JavaScript stuff. But the JavaScript will be needed 
for, you know, obviously the clever interactive uh, where it's pulling in data from other sources and all that kind of clever stuff, you know. Um, yeah. And that will be way above our heads. But really, when it comes to the sort of clients we've ever needed to um, deal with uh, as WordPress users, that we're pretty much covered with the future of, I think, HTML and CSS. So anybody who's been listening to this podcast more recently will have will have noticed that your your interest in WordPress <laughs> is is waning. If if somebody were to come out with a, a really fully featured, let's call it a page builder, right? But it was utterly based upon uh, so, something like Grid and it had all of the, the the new things that you've gone through and you can read about in the show notes. Would that draw you back into WordPress? Is there any is there any bit of WordPress which you wish your non-WordPressy sites could have? So obviously, you know, dynamic data and things like that come to mind. The database, anything that you can yeah. pull out of there. Do, would that interest you again? Or is it, it? are you just, you know, has that ship basically sailed and now your fascination with CSS and making the output HTML as simple as possible, do, does that mean that, you know, WordPress is beginning to appear in the rearview mirror for you? Well, in some ways it is in the direction that it's going, but the interesting thing is, and I, uh, I guess I only saw a benefit of it in this last week. Um, so I was quite interested in these static site generators. Most of the earlier ones right. were based around some JavaScript thing, which yep. went out. And now the, the new one that I was interested in was Astro, which is it basically just allows you through an editor to put out plain HTML and CSS and add in JavaScript as you need it. But why these are great, if you're a coder, that is, that you can sort of put into components little sections and stuff and put them through. What I discovered recently, even non-Astro, if you use those, it will still output its own um, IDs into your or classes into your HTML. Now, with what I'm doing is using the basic WordPress with just shortcuts, uh, short codes and um, fields. I don't need to do that. So I'm putting sort of plain HTML within WordPress. So WordPress is still my favorite static site generator so not surprising that isn't it i know and i actually think it works really well partly because i know it and right but but also so in some ways i never seem to be leaving wordpress at all in any way at the moment um (laughs) promises 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 (laughs) but i but i also feel you know in a way this was a bit of a mistake i think if WordPress hadn't jumped onto the, for me at the moment, the way I'm guessing the world is going, if it hadn't jumped on the Gutenberg thing, it could have probably kept as a simple uh, PHP unit edit, as I'm using it now, using uh, short codes and using the fields to create a new generation of the things that I would like it to be doing at the moment. You know, I'm sure there would be... um, I don't think it can go that route with the way it's gone at the moment, but I, I'm pretty sure that someone could build from the basic WordPress stuff a new um, builder that worked with the the new CSS. So I think it, for me, um, I've I've kind of used WordPress all the time still, but I'm using it not in the way that anybody's leading it forward at the moment. There's got to be a video series in here, David. Come on, reinvent the, uh, you know, the, well, you can't, you can't use Beaver Junction anymore, can you? (laughs) You have to be your your David Wormsley channel or something. Tell us, you know, show us on a video what it is that you're doing, because it sounds really fascinating. 
Well, I've there, I did a video uh, that I put up, which was just showing how I'm using um, WordPress as a static site generator, which was an early thing. But I wish I was a cleverer with this stuff because I can see, I, I, I can see there will be a new wave. So a, a new wave of people, I think, who will just see it differently. I think, I think the Gutenberg thing definitely came in with the excitement of wow, what we can do with JavaScript these days and React. And but these were designed for single page applications, you know. Mm. And I think I can see the turn against that already. It's like, well, yeah, it, it it seems like a short-lived period actually. And I can see a a return to perhaps values that perhaps more reflect the W three C anyway. You know do, I mean? do you think do you think that you're in an echo chamber there? In other words, because you're yeah. because you're consuming lots of this content um yeah. about CSS and you know keeping it simple and static sites and all that, you're imagining that everybody else is doing the same thing. So, you know, everybody else should do what I do. What the heck are <laughs> yeah. they all doing? Because I, I don't I don't feel at the minute there's a groundswell going in that direction you know i don't wish you any ill will but it, i don't see the same interest elsewhere that you've got despite the fact that what you're doing seems really interesting no well you're right i mean that's the, the thing always to be wary of as echo chambers and definitely there must be a case of that i'm now consuming different stuff which is telling me that but i think Ultimately, what's going on in CSS working groups affects all of us, you know, and WordPress has to abide by what happens in that, doesn't it? That's true. Eventually. Yep. And so I'm I'm only looking to people who are above, if you like, the WordPress echo chamber mm. and to see where that future's going. So right. So I think, you know, but I mean obviously my interpretation of um the fact that I think, you know, it, it is the golden era of CSS. Now, I think there's a bit of reclaiming. See, one thing that I've realized recently, just having to learn this from the beginning and trying to create my own sort of WordPress setup, which is just outputting these you know, bits of HTML, is that something which I think is getting a bashing at the moment is all of these frameworks. So things like Bootstrap and Tailwind. People are sort of looking at it and going, with the CSS now, you can kind of lay out semantic HTML and with what you can do with CSS, you don't need to keep adding specific classes to everything and labeling it up. You can actually apply it with, um, you know, child elements, with pseudo elements pseudo, and everything. Yeah. And and with things like has, you can apply those. You just sort of mean that you, you can now imagine that you think, well, actually, the the basic thing, the HTML there can be as it really always should have been, separating your styling from your content. The the HTML. I think more than ever can stand as content which sits on the on the page as it's always meant to be, isn't it? It's always right, so, been that. So super simple markup with without all this yes. div within a div within a div within a div, just so that you could achieve some visual thing. Now you'll be able to do that more by okay, has has something that's a child element has it got an image in it if it has then do this to the text size or something like that as you described earlier all of that kind of the, the how to describe it's almost like a it's like a programming language more now than it's ever been the ability to do that means that the html can be super slim because yeah. you're not styling around unnecessary divs you can style around what's actually on the page so if it contains this or it has this or if it is this um, you'll be able to decide how it looks. And so, yeah, I, I'm in agreement. All of that sounds sounds well, perfect. I think, 
You'll remember the time, really, won't you? Because you came in with HTML and CSS running yes. that first. And you'll yeah. remember when CSS came in and it was the idea was to separate style from content always. And I think because the CSS wasn't able to do enough, you needed to kind of do some hacks and you needed some systems to do that. And I think this is where we're getting back. It's almost like CSS has caught up to be a, a proper styling tool that does what you need it to do to be able to keep the html simple do you know what so i think uh, yeah sorry carry yeah. on. Go on, go on no no that was it and i think you know so the reason why page builders are, appealed to me is because you know apart from the fact that you know we had the tables and then we had the floats and and then by the time flex came in it was quite complicated and there still wasn't and you thought give me a page builder flipping heck you know yeah yeah <laughs> i can't be i have that my clients haven't got the time for that but now i think well, actually, the CSS has got better. So the, the page builder, what I needed it for mostly was the, the complexities of layout was the main thing. And I'm thinking, well, actually, that's just got a lot easier. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. This is yeah. Br brilliant. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. The promise of CSS at the beginning was that you would utterly separate the markup, you know, the, the, yeah. the HTML from the way it looked. And then it turned out that a lot of fairly basic things that you wanted to achieve not only yeah. were the browsers in disagreement about how that should be done, so that caused frustration, yeah. but also there literally was no way of doing it. And the design, fairly simple things that you wanted to appear on the screen couldn't be done. So you had to wrap things in other wrapped things in other wrapped things and float things here and move things here and style this item and give it a background layer and all of that kind of stuff. And, and now we're at the point where the CSS has actually caught up to what probably we've always wanted to see which is basically a magazine we want to be able to present anything we like anywhere we like but mm -hmm. we we couldn't and so that the whole page builder thing was a was a stopgap in, in the narrative that you're presenting here the whole page builder thing was a, a nice stopgap but if we truly want to unshackle ourselves there is no there is no page builder at the moment that can do that maybe it'll come along maybe it's almost mm -hmm. near you know release who knows what brilliant things are being uh, worked on but we'll be able to put anything anywhere with simple markup and complicated css i'm not sure that's what, not sure that's any better now that i think about it <laughs> overly complicated css that you can't really understand but really simple uh html yeah i think that's yeah that is better isn't it because css at least you can like lump into different areas whereas the html has got to appear in the in the kind of correct order uh interesting stuff i'm glad that it's going this way though there feels it feels healthy when css just raw css that all the browsers can agree upon when all yeah. of that complexity is the same everywhere for everyone and we don't need complicated proprietary layouts that only 10 percent of the people are using if if HTML and CSS combined, maybe with a smattering of JavaScript here and there, if they can present more or less anything on the web, that's that's a win. Yeah, I, I think that's where we're moving. It is interesting, though, because, I mean, I, as I say, I have to learn from people who know so much more than me, but it's quite interesting where they are on the journey. I, I heard a, a debate from some real top people in CSS who've been training for a long time talking about flex and, and grid, and it, it was mostly the conclusion they were fairly honest is that they're they're, they're still mostly reaching for for flex books because even though they don't understand haven't found a use for flex basis yet <laughs> one of its things they still understand it better than grid so i think we're a long way before people start to see what the new 
CSS, the stuff that's been worked on at the moment, and is committed to coming into browser support soon, can do for us. And I think, obviously, when that does happen, people will just uh, view. Because I'm starting to do it now as I'm trying to work out how to lay out pages and style them with my style sheets. I'm realizing, and I'm marking it up. They, I don't. I put out a site live, a very simple one, but I don't think it. I think it maybe has one class selector on it and one div throughout the entire site because wow. it wasn't needed. Yeah. You know? yeah, and it makes you think. Yeah, all of these because they it was needed. If you wanted to employ something like Bootstrap, you needed to set out these um, style classes so you could organize it. I just think that's disappearing. You know, it's, it's kind of interesting because in in the whole broad. You know, if you, if you look at the last 30 years of technology in general and the last 20 years of the web, I suppose, there's always been the promise of a simple future, hasn't there? This technology is going to yeah. make everything yeah. so simple. I, I would be I would be fairly amazed if everything that you've described turns out to be as simple as possible. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, on the HTML side, at least, it's fairly straightforward. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I, I am really curious to know if somebody, because I, I do love page builders, um, yeah. And and I would love to know if somebody is coming up with a like full on grid version of a page builder and how how on earth that even works. That that would be of great interest to me. Webflow have actually done it, but I think effectively you put it in a flex or a grid mode. But it you know I think Webflow is the only one I know of that's a page builder that fully supports a grid layout. But uh, again, I mean, although it gives you some easy ways to sort of align your grids at where you're using them, I think it's it's. <laughs> I make it sound easy. Grid. There's a lot of, yeah, if you yeah, like, not, understanding yeah, yeah. what's behind it, you know, and how you might want to use it in certain circumstances. But they they've got a different audience that it's not made. But I I really can see, particularly if what is very popular at the moment is presenting, if you like, templates you can adjust to your needs, and I can just almost see the future of it. I can almost grasp it, even if I can't put it together myself, where you just think, yeah, you'll be able to lay these things out with all of this new technology and turn that into a much easier to understand page builder that was very, very clean code, I think. But we have the elephant in the room here, David, which is Gutenberg. Um, you know, I mean, that's that's what everybody's going to use, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah. And on that bombshell, <laughs> we should probably wrap it up. Do you think? Have we gone through it? We have, yeah. yeah. I think that's all we can say on it, yes. All um, I would say is that David put a lot of thought into um, the show notes. He really spent ages, and, and we've there's dozens of links in there that we haven't managed to cover, and actually loads of concepts that we haven't managed to cover. So I will I will endeavor to get all of that into the show notes. I don't know if I'll include your images of your markup because, you know. <laughs> no, no, yeah, please yeah, don't. Yeah, <laughs> but but it's good. It's nice and clean. Um, but okay, so have a look at the show notes. There's loads more to be said there, but um, we'll be back next week. We haven't, no, we won't. We'll be back in two weeks. We haven't decided on the topic. We've got five to pick from, I think. Oh, but um, yeah. yeah, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. That was fascinating. Uh, well, long, I enjoyed long it. Live CSS. <laughs> Vive la CSS. <laughs> okay, see you in a couple of weeks. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that. Always a pleasure chatting to my good friend David Wormsley about these things. He certainly does know a lot about HTML and CSS. His new direction in things certainly seems to be forcing him to gather some new knowledge. So really interesting conversation about what it means for browser compatibility in the future. As I said at the top of the show, if you've got any commentary, please head over to wpbuilds.com 
and leave us a message in our commenting system. Search for episode number 343 and you'll find it there. Also, a quick reminder about our Black Friday deals page. If you've got a product or service that you want listed, head to wpbuilds.com forward slash black and find the add your deal button and go and add your deal. The WP Builds podcast is brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL and 24-7 support. Bundle that with the hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients and get 30% off new purchases. You can find out more by going to go.me forward slash WP Builds. And sincere thanks to GoDaddy Pro for their continuing support of the WP Builds podcast. Okay, we'll be back next week as it was a chat with David. Next week, we will have an interview. So hopefully we'll see you for that. We've always got our This Week in WordPress show live every Monday. You can find it at wpbuilds.com forward slash live. 2 p.m. UK time every Monday we do that. Hopefully you'll be able to join us and leave some comments there. If not, we will see you soon. Have a good week. Stay safe. Here comes some cheesy music. Bye-bye for now. <laughs>